well samsung immediately after we started they said we have a challenge as we are launching spending a million in different markets you know bringing celebrities and so on and when our customers go to the retail shop in the evening after we launch for 80000 1 lakh rupee phones the people don't know anything about the phone itself and therefore customer experience was a major challenge do it as if it has never been done before in that manner and that should be the whole pursuit and this is as instinct that every entrepreneur must have i mean anything that we do we must do as if it has never been done before so we said we started wearing our thinking hat in terms of how can we handle this challenge and uh, it ended up i always keep two things in the center one is the audience the second one is the purpose and uh, when you keep these two things the magic happens always hello everyone ashok here thank you for tuning in to this 19th episode of indian startup stories a podcast thriving to bring out experiences and insights from entrepreneurs across india today our guest is vasudevan kidambi md storyteller and business transformation coach at navo informatica private limited a digital transformation company focusing on business analytics marketing intelligence and knowledge management with their consulting services and products around data and ai in this episode vasu shares his background leadership role with global footprint planning transition and milestones in entrepreneurial life his passion towards solving problems in unconventional ways storytelling customer success stories and his perspective on failures and how to handle them and much more valuable information for us to take away so without further ado let's jump in hi vasu thank you for coming on indian startup story today welcome hi ashok yeah wonderful uh, meeting you and then uh, happy to be a part of your program thank you my pleasure uh, please share about your academic and uh, career background uh i have done my uh, uh, msc in electronics masters and uh, then uh, pursued my uh, post graduation in business administration so these are the two uh, uh, two pg degrees uh, i have done uh, and then after that i never went back to academics at all so then it was purely a career that uh, and predominantly i have been in uh, the middle east geography uh, uh, 26 years in dubai oh okay that's a very long stint there right yeah wonderful so what is this company uh, navo inc is about uh, how it helps the business uh, what are the geographies that you have established your business and how is it running yeah so based out of bangalore we have been consistently have been uh, uh, most of the time i spent my time in uh, the gulf so our clients are predominantly based out of gulf we have few very few clients uh, based out of india and so on uh it's a consulting based but uh, uh, technology is been used as a, a leveraging factor for our solutions right so predominantly we have consulting as one wing uh, technology as another wing people as the third wing and um, importantly data as the fourth wing so conventionally any consulting company says people process technology right uh but the fourth important pillar uh, is data and that's what the world has been talking about in the last uh, uh one more than a decades time frame so these are the things and if i put all of them into one single umbrella it then be called as a digital transformation okay that's that's nice so how did it all begin was uh, where did the where did you get the spark to begin this it's a 14 years uh, journey uh, ashok yeah so prior to my uh, 14 year journey in the entrepreneurial stint i used to be heading samsung electronics 
uh, for their Middle East and Africa uh, division. Uh, I was the first non-Korean employee for their entire uh, subsidiary for the region. Subsequently, I moved to Sanyo brand, which is a multi-industry brand. Uh, and again, I was heading their operations for Middle East Africa and uh, CIS. So that was my uh, uh, nearly 14 years of my uh, uh, career. Uh, subsequently, this uh, uh, thing started. I set up this uh, Navo 14 years ago. It just happened, right? Uh, you take a call when you are at high right moving jobs is relatively easier but then when things are going high at that point of time you need to take a call and i took a call at that point of time when uh, i was at the helm of affairs in the corporate world uh, if not now uh, never kind of right that that was the thing the more you lose the in years you lose the propensity and the inclination to stand on your own and so on it always occurred to me that the world is moving in a direction that 50 plus is not going to be easy for people to get jobs after 50, post 50. This was my realization fairly early. And that's why I said, if not, uh, never kind of, right? Okay. Yeah, I think I took it up, took, took a plunge with the uh, four, uh, three other partners. So the journey was pretty different, not knowing anything about entrepreneurship and so on. But it's just an instinct that said, yeah, this is the time to not pursue career, but to look for an uh, entrepreneurial uh, but okay that's a pretty good reason to start the journey nice as your company is serving a lot of startups uh, focusing more on consulting especially with ai and iot based products uh, please talk about how small businesses adopt and get value in quick time and how big big businesses are adopting in overall ecosystems uh, what's the difference that you see among uh, small versus big okay the first and foremost thing, uh, I don't distinguish between small and big, uh, although on top of it, we can always say that the uh, adaptation is easier for smaller company as compared to bigger companies and so on. However, it depends purely depends on the hunger and thirst of the person who is asking. Right. So our consulting always goes towards somebody who wants to make a change. Uh, and you know, we the world has been talking about change for several years. It's time, probably more than two decades, until the word change became an abused word. And then we replaced that word with the transformation. Now that also has become an abused word now. Uh, but most important thing, we always call it as a startup mindset. Startup is not just a time uh, frame; it's a mindset. So I'm a 14-year-old uh, uh, running business. But the startup mindset has been all through, even as of today. Today, any business, uh, post-COVID, everybody is a startup, right? Yeah, accommodating new things. Yeah, accommodating for a new normal. So you are actually a startup. So the startup mindset is what I'm looking for. Big corporates who has the startup mindset adapt pretty fast. So the startup companies, they have the startup mindset. They also adapt very fast. So it's it's the it's the uh, it purely depends on the mindset of the person. Yeah, that that makes a big difference there. Nice. So moving on to my question on understanding your transition. Uh, you were in senior leadership for companies like Samsung, Sanyo. Uh, now you are part of the co-founding team, right? Including two of uh, others. Uh, how did you manage this transition from employee to entrepreneur, and how long your journey took, and uh, how did you make it? Okay. Uh, there's a prelude to the transition itself, uh, Ashok, yeah. and that is 
anybody who there will be many people who wants to uh, get into startup at uh, midlife uh, 35 40 and so on preparation becomes extremely important there's nothing like preparation right so in every job career uh, i always would say that one has to prepare for a, a future preparation means understanding all functional areas it's uh, today most of them the startups or anything fails because we are good at one but we miserably fail in three other functional areas right could be even predominantly it is finance and so on so i during my samsung and sanyo career although my job was more on the business development i stepped deeply into the financial aspect of business stepped deeply into the supply chain aspect of business and so on st uh, stepped into the process areas so i was uh, heading the implementation of various uh, global processes now these are all the things you just take beyond your job so therefore preparation becomes extremely important therefore transition becomes easier so less you are prepared transition becomes pretty difficult and so on so we're talking about transition uh, one step before transition is the preparation and all round preparation is very important that made my transition a lot lot uh, easier okay yeah preparation uh, matters in all the field and especially in this entrepreneurial journey that's nice no compromise to preparation True, true. What's your formula of sales and marketing? Um, you manage both services, training, solutions, and also uh, in terms of consulting. Uh, how did you start your initial marketing and how it evolved, which helped your business? Uh, I had one advantage, I must say, because uh, coming from a career at a Samsung and Sanyo, there is uh, already a built up familiarity in the market. Right. So that that was uh, besides the capital. This was actually a cap goodwill capital that we had. So it was pretty easy for me. Uh, and subsequently, uh, there are some you know people who always say things, and then if we start ignore uh, things, we lose a lot. So one of my person who a friend who said, in consulting business, Vasu, you are starting a consulting business. The first and foremost thing is you must say yes. Right. As long as you understand what it is, say yes, then go and figure out how to do it. So this is one of the very important mantra uh, that I got. So so it became pretty easy. So Samsung was one of the uh, clients. So my distributors were our initial clients and so on. So it did give an uplift for us during the initial time frames. So we pick up jobs which we have never done in the past. So but you are given those jobs based on the familiarity of the client with us. And that's when the whole uh, thing started. So I must say I had a little bit of an advantage uh, on that. Uh, plus my co-founders at that point of time also brought in a uh, uh, tremendous amount of uh, knowledge and uh, uh, wisdom uh, in the area of entrepreneurship. And I was I did not have that in the initial stages, but it was purely uh, a collective effort in the uh, earlier time frames. That, that, that's a pretty good support in the initial days. Right? Yeah. Um, now you have a very good network and tie up within the community multiple uh, partnerships and how was the earlier days of now what challenges did you face and uh, how did you solve them uh, if you can share about certain instances which are close to your heart yeah again uh, long uh, innings so far right so the the journey started uh, as four uh, of us as co-founders uh, three years time frame well uh, we rose to heights during that time frame uh, and then uh, as a normal story of the journey, so two of our founders uh, split uh, and then leaving the two behind. Uh, 
Uh, and then uh, in after three years as time frame, the third one also left. And then I was left behind and I replaced the third one with another one. So mm -hmm. the journey goes on. See, one of the very important things, Ashok, is uh, when you step into an entrepreneurship, uh, it is not a personal life fundamentally. Right? Mm -hmm. So we must be prepared to go for a long innings. Uh, two options always you will have, every entrepreneur will have. Shall I quit? Shall I go back to a job? Right? This is always something that we will have. So I, mm -hmm. I do that at many instances, uh, such things and so on. I decided that I'm not going to go back because it's not going to change. By changing, you need to know how to ride a bicycle. If you don't know how to ride a bicycle, changing the bicycle is not going to solve your problem. Right? Uh, sure. I did, uh, no, in, initially it was fine. The first three years, as I said, it was fine. We had great contracts from BlackBerry kind of companies uh, handling multiple geographies and so on. But of course, yeah, then after the recession, you know, we started in 20, 2007. 2008, there's a recession. Then subsequently, there's another recession. And subsequently, there's another mother of all recessions. So, right? So, there is no going back. And as I said, it's not a personal life. So by closing a, a, a company, you are actually endangering the lives of several of your staff also. So it's a, it's not just a, a private life. It's a, it's a social uh, aspect also. So these two things always told me that keep going on, keep going on. And no matter market conditions, no matter uh, business challenges whatsoever and so on, as long as we have that, uh, and then we over a period of time, it is or it is what we define today as a resilience. But otherwise, challenges always comes. Uh, the question is, are you going to stay steadfast or are you going to and learn and, and, and see all these challenges are opportunities. We turned every time, every challenge into an opportunity and that's where uh, the journey has been pretty uh, interesting, I must say. It's at the end of the day, it is a journey, right? True, true. Yeah. So as you mentioned that it is not a one-man company initially, started as a team and you had your uh, co-founders along with you. So uh, can you talk about how did you manage the initial days conflict and uh, how, how you made sure that you were all in common ground before you kick-started your business and how did you share the responsibility? Well, it was definitely a common ground and then we had a tremendous amount of mutual familiarity. That's where uh, we decided to step into businesses and so on. Uh, and uh, yes, there was one person who had phenomenal entrepreneurial uh, strength. Uh, I did not have because I come from a, a business back, a career background. Uh, another person also from a career background, uh, but had a tremendous marketing capability. I have a predominant op op operational and uh, business capability and the other person had technological capability. So if you actually put all of them together, it was a fantastic recipe. Uh, and then the startup uh, starts with a nice, fantastic recipe always, right? So till such time, certain things, certain forces acts uh, beyond your control and so on. So when conflicts came, it came just on all of a sudden on the, at a point blank range. So it's point blank on the receiver side, it's always a point blank. But on the people who are on the preparing side, they know, right? <laughs> to what they expect and so yeah. on. Uh, and that is when I said, oh, this is what is called as entrepreneurship, right? And uh, since then, I did not uh, turn back. I said, now I have to really play play that role. Uh, the, the As I told you, preparation. And I always believed when I used to work for Samsung, I am an entrepreneur while you are in working for somebody else. The only difference is the funds is, does not belong to you. That is all. 
But otherwise, to run a business or a business generation for profitability, we are responsible, right? It is only the case that the funds belong to Samsung and not myself. But when you're an entrepreneur, you're also responsible for the funds as well. That's the only difference. So the mindset while preparation phase is to behave like an entrepreneur. And that helped me uh, uh, when I had to really uh, go the mile all by myself. Okay, so the preparation plays a role even there uh, handling the conflicts. So you are prepared very advance. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Nice. Um, can you talk about the funding that you managed? Uh, was it bootstrapped for your business or did you have any extra channel of bringing in investors in your experience? How well prepared were you in the beginning? Uh, see, uh, good or bad, uh, uh, people teach you many things, right? And we always have to uh, retain the good uh, sharings from people. So our, our uh, one of the four co-founders who had the entrepreneurial skill always told us that never go for VC at a very early stage or at any point of time try and avoid because after that, you are no more, you don't remain an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Again, another uh, PNL uh, function. So this was pretty much uh, in my mind. Uh, and as we were led by him, we all put money on all uh, four of us. It was pretty much a bootstrap uh, operation. Uh, the, as I said, first three, four years went uh, pretty well. Uh, till such time the, uh, uh, the accident happened and so on. And then we pulled on again and again and again and so on. So that's where uh, the, pretty much bootstrap. Even today also it is uh, uh, an absolutely not a, a VC funding and so on. I, it, it, it's my uh, belief uh, that you have a lot of freedom when you when you have capability to run it on your own okay yeah i guess freedom plays a big role in opting with the mindset for vc or uh, running off own. exactly it's not the universal uh, it depends upon the ambitions depends upon the goals and many things and so on so true uh, when was the first moment of relief in navo since the inception was it from any mvps that you have pro- uh, produced or because of any customer retention or a customer acquisition you know, MVPs and uh, the moments, we had plenty of moments. The very first moment, as I said, when, when Samsung immediately after we started, they said, we have a challenge as we are uh, uh, launching uh, and spending a million in different markets, you know, bringing celebrities and so on. And when our customers go to the retail shop in the evening after we launch for 80,000 1 lakh rupee phones, the people don't know anything about the phone itself, right? And therefore, customer experience was a major challenge. They said, and uh, knowing us, they said, can you guys do something? We have never done training programs, right? And then uh, when we as product managers and sales managers, when we do training programs, we know we bore our audience to death, right? With all of our point and specifications and all that stuff. So as I said, a friend told that whenever you take assignments, do it as if it has never been done before in that manner. And that should be the whole uh, pursuit. And this is an instinct that every entrepreneur must have. I mean, anything that we do, we must do as if it has never been done before. So we said we started wearing our thinking hat in terms of how can we handle this challenge? And uh, it ended up, we always, I always keep two things in uh, the center. One is the audience. The second one is the purpose. And uh, when you keep these two things, the magic happens always. Uh, and I always say AMP, 
the M uh, stands for message. Sometimes M stands for magic also because you keep the audience and purpose at the center. So here, when we looked at this assignment, we said, obviously, we said yes, because we are supposed to be telling yes to the client first and then come back and think, right? Yeah. So the challenge for the client, in this case, Samsung was that the people don't have knowledge. So our thinking process ran in terms of if I have to transfer the knowledge, how do I transfer the knowledge? You cannot transfer when the audience is not in the present moment. Mind is not in the present moment. So I need to keep the audience, forget about even transferring the knowledge. I need to keep the audience in the present moment. How can I keep the audience in the present moment? Unless you deliver something which is attractive to their eyes. So a content became extremely important. Then second thing is, even though your content is important, uh, only alertness right, and anxiety can bring a human mind to a present moment. This is something that we learned, right? So mm -hmm. how do I bring alertness and anxiety? So we you know all these things are prior to starting the execution. So alertness and anxiety, you know, we all know we are alert and more anxious only during our examinations, right? The alertness shoots very high. So we said if that is the case, you know, we watch Kaun Benega Karorpati. And I, as casually we were watching that, and I was watching that, I should say. And uh, I said, wow, there's something called an uh, audience poll. I said, fantastic. That struck me. And this, this is an example of innovation that I will give. Now, when we okay. see something and then when we are able to take that essence of it and then apply it in another place, I define that as an innovation because it's not an innovation, obviously. It is somewhere else. So we said, mm -hmm. oh, fantastic. So if I can, every 30 minutes is time frame, measure the knowledge that has been transferred to the retail sales people, right? Uh, a very normal front-end retail sales people. I have a purpose that I'm serving, right? I will be able to put a math to a training program. And, you know, never a training program doesn't have a math. Training program only have photographs and invoice, nothing else. So I've done this training program and this is my invoice and so on. And uh, finance people pay for that. And I was wondering, ah, fantastic. How do you pay? There is no proof of you know, what you have delivered, right? So there are industries where you don't have proof of delivery and yet you pay. And training is one of the uh, one such thing, right? So we, we need to redefine that. And then that is when we brought in voting pads, which were used by Konbanega Karolbat in their audience poll. Immediately imported them and made a huge difference in the way training was done. Okay, quickly getting the responses from your audience. Quickly getting the response at the end of five o'clock, five o'clock training finishes. I'm, I'm able to show to the client that the knowledge transfer efficiency is 92%. Math. Okay, yeah, that matters. Yeah. So it's, it's all about that's when our thinking of innovation uh, uh, started. Uh, and the second moment was when we took a Blackberry assignment and they needed the market real time in, inputs on the market in Saudi Arabia and Egypt and so on. So this had a phenomenal, again, I think if they need it, they were UK based at that point of time. So if they need what's happening in Saudi Arabia the previous night, and we said, okay, we, we deployed people. And the, the moment I deploy people in Saudi and Egypt and Kuwait and all this, Arabic comes a, uh, a stumbling block, right? So we had the back end tool. So the people on the field started surveying uh, and then input is in Arabic. So I set up a team in Cairo right and they pick up the arabic because it's all it was all done on blackberry uh, on online mode but it is a bit more and we cannot understand english so they pick up the arabic and translate into english here an average egyptian they don't sleep till 2 a.m 3 a.m in the morning they are fantastic to work 
after 10 or 10 pm in the evening so they i leverage that uh, sweet spot over there and when it is 3 am in the morning it is 7 am in india right so when they finish the translation our indian team picks it up uh, does the quality check and so on and then ensures the data is all in perfect order and then when they finish it the 9 am of uk time continuity exactly this involves phenomenal synergy phenomenal leveraging of time and space and so on and that is what when we propose and that's where where our uh, uh project was you know uh, accepted and then we were awarded the project purely because of the innovation in the entire thinking process leveraging all these things and then uh, and made a very uh, cost effective proposal to blackberry so it was a, a very important moment that it is possible that you can sit in one place and manage markets in other place and manage all the hurdles and still deliver it seamlessly as if nothing happened overnight okay so this all happened in the initial days is it in the first 2 uh, 3 years of first year for four years yeah yeah okay okay nice can you share one of your customer success stories which uh, which is a pride moment for you for being part of their journey uh besides the blackberry story itself uh, i would say there was a client uh, a trading and distribution uh, company He came to me uh, three years before with a suboptimal performance the gp being uh, uh, far below their cost of operation and uh, showing a, a negative picture all through so if we have to move now nowadays i actually do uh, certain uh, areas of business health check and then guarantee profit improvement for companies and that's again another uh, uh, an approach of uh, innovation that we do so here is a company today and why i'm taking that as an example is despite covid time frames the company is declaring bonus to their uh, employees which means the journey of 2.6 which is uh, 2% below the cost of operations now they are at a 8% gp which is 3 uh, and 1/2% more than the cost of operation so this journey was uh, possible because of uh, a continued relationship and then the, all what we did is data every organization today your truth comes from your data truth does not come from people it's only a half truth people can say it is a gut feel it is your perception perceptions gives you half truth the uh, 100% truth comes from the data so i operate the uh, company through their uh, data uh, we do have our data analytics uh, tools so which makes it easy for me to understand uh, the nuances of what's happening and so on so transforming a company from a absolute loss making to uh, a phenomenal profit making is a great uh, success story we now do it for quite a few organizations irrespective of uh, the industry okay i guess data analytics product making huge difference when it comes to retaining the customers and increasing the business everywhere phenomenal yeah yeah how covid has impacted you and what are the big changes that you see in yourself and what dynamics it has got changes in your company covid exactly almost a year ago right we are standing in the same uh, time space yeah. right <laughs> yeah so my my linkedin post uh, if you see it says that uh, we don't know anything so the first and foremost thing is uh, setting yourself to ground zero uh, and cleaning the slate was an important you know aspect of the entire uh, turnaround so all what we were doing if it was a technology solution we do workflow automation for uh, companies uh, stops training completely stops so all the avenues stops completely right and then uh, therefore fantastic it's a clean slate again uh, it's an opportunity every crisis is an opportunity right so the journey again during the covid for us 
turning our course is uh, uh, relatively easier because we have turned the courses many times in the last 14 years this time frame because we need to move where the uh, uh, world moves and so on so i picked up two three areas uh, very precise areas during covid every business undergoes a stress phenomenal stress untold stress and so on right and when any, when a human body comes out of a stress you actually have to go and then take a medical checkup correct we do that, right? So, so if your brain is hijacked and then you come, everybody is undergoing a medical checkup. No, the amount of secretion, the chemical secretion, whatever and so on. So I, I constantly spoke during this, you're using the social media, uh, the, the importance of business health check for organizations. So today that is one of our key areas, uh, which not only gave us an opportunity to carry out business health check for certain organizations. The moment I do business health check, I know the organization much better. And if I know much better, I'm also instrumental. I can be instrumental in taking you to the next levels also. So business health check is nothing but uh, organizations who have been in business for say 20, 25 years, time frame, 15 years, five years, no matter what the number of years, right? Uh, they all have certain set of set perceptions and uh, COVID brought in a dissolution. They know only that. They did not know beyond that and so on. So various things, but the difference between what the uh, owner has a perception about his, her business and what the data tells me, that difference is what you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. Very similar mm -hmm. saying, when I say I have stomach pain, we just see, we only know how to say we have a stomach pain, but is it stomach, but where is stomach? So the pain is in spleen or gallbladder or you have stones in kidney or you have intestine or your liver is compromised. We don't know anything, right? So you need to go through a, 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 a series of tests and so on. And the evening when you go to a doctor, he says, perhaps you have two gallbladder stones. We need to remove them. You go to other uh, action plan uh, in terms of treatments and so on. So I mirrored the same thing. Uh, and then created this product of business health, 20 point, 30 point business health check and so on. And then started administering it to the uh, various organizations, irrespective of industry. You can be a facility management, you can be food, you can be whatever, you can be technology distribution, whatever. So adaptation number one was that. And number two, when we did this, we also brought data storytelling because I saw another problem when organizations come out already organizations have enormous amount of data your startups are also generating data because startup itself many of them being in the ai and iot space data is the fulcrum of entire thing right so we also conceive a different way of dealing with the data moving away from the convention and we brought a lot of innovations data is available bi is available intelligence reports available but yet we still call them as reports right, BI report, power BI, whatever and so on, right. There is a final 10% which the world is not looking at. And thanks to the uh, transformers, I call transformers, uh, basically I'm talking about Jeff Bezos, Sundar Pichai, Dorsey and so on, right. So these are the people two years ago, they said, all of you guys bring me stories. Don't bring me your reports and your boring PowerPoint presentations. So that's when the data storytelling got its name, data storytelling, right? But we yeah. were- there are, there are designations also right now that got changed from data storytellers, uh, from the data scientists. 
niche category here. Yeah, exactly. Now, data scientists are a different breed. Uh, they deal with intensely with data from an algorithm point of view, right? They have a huge job that they are doing. Whereas data storytellers are more from the management point of view. Uh, and unless you do that last 10%, just take all your data and then bring a narrative to the data, to the reports. Narratives pushes human to action. Your report does not push human to action. And our researchers said that uh, what is missing in the corporate world and the startup world is basically the last 10%. And we now are having a data storytelling as a service. We have taken several assignments on that. And uh, data storytelling is now a workshop that we do. We already have done three workshops for corporates uh, ever since all these things started in the last, say, one, one and a half months' time frame. The startup mindset is very important. Age of the company is not that very important. Startup mindset is important. So that whether you are uh, number of years or you are big or small, that's very important for us to keep on adapting uh, to this. So COVID, uh, my adaptation on COVID was this uh, as the key elements. And uh, we are, yeah, we are seeing a bright future on all these areas. Yeah. Pretty good uh, insights from the adoption point of view. Nice. Um, current generation students have lot of learning options these days through online portals, YouTube, a variety of MOOC courses. What is your recommendation to students that they should get a job, work, then think about a business or you recommend to have a business mindset uh, while studying and uh, explore options before even starting a, um, a work in any company? Uh, for this, Ashok, I have been looking at millennial generations for the last 15 years this time frame. It was one of my passion to keep observing and watching the millennial generation. Uh, I'm uh, answering it from that perspective. And I also have put in a lot of time in terms of understanding the future of jobs. Again, since two, two and a half years this time frame, ever since this subject became a, of a global importance. So if you take all these things into consideration and then look at the way world is moving rapidly post COVID, skills are extremely important, right? Not the degree anymore. So my, uh, and, and therefore today, the amount of exposure that even an average student has is unimaginable exposure, right? So, and the, and the capacity and capability of the students are again far more higher than in the past. Right, because of the present, the uh, atmosphere, the government platforms that they have raised and so on. So I wouldn't say that it is uh, mandatory for a student to undergo a job career and subsequently think about that they are pretty much equipped to go for a startup right from the beginning itself. You will again learn, whether in job you will again learn, whether in startup you will again learn. So earlier is always better. It is absolutely nothing wrong for students to build that entrepreneurial mindset right at the beginning stage itself. Yeah, wonderful suggestion. Yes, um, you are helping multiple customers to adopt AI solutions uh, with your consultancy and also the technology solutionings, which again in turns will scale their business. Uh, how are you scaling your business? Any ideas to share? My scaling of business is purely, as I said, although we have the conventional services, some of them have to wait because training has to wait and so on. The scaling is more in terms of, uh, I, I use a word called, very important word and uh, advice called adjacencies. Mm -hmm. right? yes, scaling up need not be vertical, a scaling up can be even horizontal. So picking up adjacency areas 
also helps you to scale up right mm-hmm. and and it's a, it's a very important startup mindset if not you and somebody else will do that and somebody else will do your area of adjacency and take up your area also and this is what i uh, even uh, when i said this as a very key important recommendations to a large distribution company here uh, they did follow it and then they did credit me uh, uh, even today uh, on on that uh, this word called adjacency because if you don't pursue adjacency you are always at risk and today anybody can topple you at any point of time mm-hmm. so scaling up is not just scaling up in one direction i post covid we had the data analytics capability i brought in this business health check right so when people will not invest in uh, in uh, analytic solutions coming out of the covid what else will they do and this is what what it is and so on so this automatically uh, shoots a new uh, uh, line of business so additional line of business adjacencies are extremely important and of course the other one is way of doing business for scaling up you need to know or change your way of doing business also i was a social media uh, hours until covid now i'm pretty much a deep uh, deeply entrenched in social media especially linkedin and so on. so unless you are having that mindset uh, yes you can be hours for some reason whatsoever and so on but uh, when the situation comes you need to shut it off and then change the way of doing business even if it means the areas are, are uh, of uh, of aversion and so on. so yes lob from an adjacency point of view changing your way of doing business constantly keep looking at it scaling up automatically happens true true and as you right, rightly pointed social media has become a number one uh, platform for scaling or promoting or growing your business when you can't when you have to work from home that's the only way right <laughs> <laughs> true true yeah that's how we we form the community as well exactly exactly nice. so what could go wrong in the initial stages of entrepreneur journey uh, generally for any business who are starting afresh or who are starting with a load of experiences back together so what are the aspects which could go wrong fantastic uh, question uh, i would say everything will go wrong right question is are we are we going to be afraid of things going wrong and that's a whole uh, question right if things mm-hmm. go wrong we have to be thankful for it because when it starts when things are going wrong you are going to correct yourself i have a concept in my company called celebrating failures okay right it's new the moment you know how to celebrate you would have done a a, a, a totally a dumb job right come back at the meeting and let's celebrate it, uh, right the moment you get into that field the first and foremost thing you will get rid of is fear mm-hmm. yeah. the most important quality for any entrepreneur is to be uh, free from fear fearlessness is the only quality required for an entrepreneur automatically everything happens on that so so everything will go wrong anything can go wrong uh, it's not about if you are going to see it as wrong you have a problem but if you see it as okay this is my next step and next step and so on nothing is wrong there so nothing can go wrong okay is- any specific instances which has gone wrong and you had to learn and uh, pull back yourself well the my, my uh, the uh, founder split itself is uh, something which go, which goes wrong right all uh, right right fundamentally right and then that is uh, that's a serious blow so which means these things can happen because we you start up saying that oh nothing is going to happen we are thick friends 
So that's where mm -hmm. you start. But even that can go wrong and anything else can go wrong. Right. So everything goes wrong. We have a, a preconceived notion about the market, but we don't factor recession. Recession. Yeah, of course, 2007, you start business and 2008 is recession. Right. It can go wrong. So again, question is, is it about what is going wrong or is it about how we are seeing what is going, what is happening and so on? Okay. Yeah. Wrong is a word that has to be removed uh, uh, from an entrepreneur's uh, dictionary. Failure uh, okay. also has to be removed from uh, two words other, other than this uh, going wrong and going right and so on. Success and failure also has to be removed from the entrepreneur's dictionary. Okay. So we should see it as a journey. It is a journey. And I, you know, once uh, uh, again, listening to social media, uh, very rightly said, uh, who is success? And the moment an entrepreneur thinks that he or she is successful, there is a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Failure is even better than success. A success has to be said only when the person, uh, this is philosophical, but for me, it was very touching. Uh, only when somebody leaves earth, then only success has to be done. Otherwise, the moment you define yourself as success, you are highly likely to go wrong. Right. We have seen business people who have been defined success and now they are uh, uh, lingering in UK and other places. Right. Do we call that a success? No. Right. So, so an entrepreneur should never define success. Yes. I give another name for it. It is milestone. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a better way of looking at things. And I, I always say the words that we use. Uh, are extremely important in delivering clarity to our minds and also articulating it better to the universe. So therefore, yeah, I again say there's nothing called success. There's nothing called failure. It is a milestone. Fine. We have only it's a journey. Milestone is part of the journey. True. Right. true. Nice. Yeah. Good to relate it to the philosophical touch. There's nothing without philosophy. Yeah. Ashok, yeah. <laughs> we, we get hours to philosophy, but uh, you are driven by philosophies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So for people going through failures, uh, what's your message to uplift them uh, to bring back in their journey? As I told you just now, there is something called failure, right? So yeah. uh, inculcate fearlessness, mm -hmm. right? And that's one of the important uh, element. Uh, specific uh, prescription uh, for, for people who are uh, uh, still feeling uh, a situation of failure and so on. Uh, I can, I really can give a prescription for that, which is uh, a documentary movie called Secret. Those who are book readers can actually read the book called The Secret. Those yeah, who yeah. are not can watch the, a documentary, a boring one hour, 29 minutes, boring documentary, right? Yeah. <laughs> when I uh, listened to that or when I saw that, uh, maybe around uh, for more than 14 years, 16 years before. It was not boring at that time. Today, if you ask me to see, I'll say, well, will you pay me $50,000? Then I will see that. Yeah. <laughs> so there are, there are sequels for that as well now. Yeah. Exactly. The hero. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it is always about uh, when there is a failure. Failure even happens even today, right? Uh, because of uh, our one of our very important client uh, uh, shut doors 80% uh, because they are in the retail uh, client, depending upon the. Uh, uh, airline tourism and so on. Obviously, they will shut uh, uh, all the projects, uh, ongoing projects, right? So here is where you look at the that movie uh, or the secret movie comes. It is what you throw at the universe. Are you throwing at the failure at the universe? What does the universe do? 
it will go and then bring back three more right mm-hmm. you throw to the universe that okay oh this is that so which three doors are you going to open universe listens and secret movie tells you that universe conspires to bring what you think and what you expect the time frame universe will decide but definitely it brings and 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 that's why i i i very strongly say that the word yeah, failure doesn't exist and should not exist and so on right so mm-hmm. i my son don't confuse the universe because many a time universe wants to help you right universe is ready to help you but we give mixed signal we say green red amber now will the traffic move traffic will not move the universe is waiting are you going to give me green signal i'll jump and it says in secret movie it says it will bring people and situation it conspires to bring people and situation to fulfill your requirement wonderful yeah right and and uh, yeah so that's the uh, uh, it's a practice it's a journey uh, it it is i i don't think there's any other solution to overcome uh, this fear uh, factor or the failure and you know, a fear of failure what we say and so on true true yeah yeah so on that same line right you you will have days both ups and downs and uh, there are quiet days there are chaotic days so how do you stay calm during a day of chaos and uh, the solution is right there in your question itself so first and foremost thing whenever you see chaos chaos is one end of a spectrum right uh, yeah a station or a two stations before chaos is confusion okay right so if you see it as a part of the spectrum the other end is calm so the question itself is to stay so i say stay calm first right so in in the in the state of mind if you are going to try and solve the problem due to the chaos it is going to be much more counterproductive because at that point of time you don't need a solution you need clarity first Hmm. and today the biggest problem challenge that the world has startup to corporate lack of clarity so i've taken this as one of our in my in my uh, the whole whether it is business health check or data storytelling delivering clarity becomes extremely important so in chaos don't look for solution look for clarity first the moment you set out looking for clarity you need to step back the moment you step back you are actually moving towards a zone of calmness right and then you don't want a panadol or an adol to solve the symptom of the problem you can actually look at it at a system uh, and uh, you can think more systemic approach rather than a symptomatic uh, solution because you're going to face it again because you will get the same headache after two days time frame right and again it gives you much more chaos so in in dealing with chaos uh, calmness in mind is extremely important throw the problem outside your system rather than inside the system you will then find a solution to the uh, problem so it's a clarity of of the problem after then the next stage is finding a solution to that or a resolution of chaos and so on yeah nice you turned the question inwards and found the answer in the question itself <laughs> good so it is, uh, every time the you know nature throws you this you know the situation throws you chaos at yeah. every point of time an adverse uh, conversation also can be turned uh into a positive and then you can make a great friend out of a huge quarrel also possible mm. yeah the way you sure. deal yeah yes so what is one important quality that you expect and uh, you want uh, for any budding entrepreneur should have the bedrock of every entrepreneur must be fearlessness first mm. because constantly in their mind 
the question is always oh what if oh what if oh what if right yeah nothing can go wrong everything can go wrong but as long as you are there because you are there right the moment you discount yourself and your capability all the other factors is uh, sets in so the fundamental is you are there and without fear there are challenges 100% you will face challenges you will face tough situations but you are there you are the center of the whole thing yeah i get it yes what's your vision on ai and iot startups in india in down the line 5 years and what are the impacts it's going to make as you foresee in the overall ecosystem and what do you uh, expect that the budding entrepreneurs and the new startups should focus on i think india will continue to stand as the capital for all such endeavors on ai and uh, iot based one surely because of the size and uh, also because of the uh, talent availability the capital uh, talent capital available and so on so both these things being a part of your 4.0 uh, the industry uh, 4.0 will have a tremendous impact and uh, in any i i look at it uh, this way this AI, uh, ai and iot we have some few 3 4 decades or more where we have made things pretty complex right now by by virtue of time things become complex because i mean we were talking about a certain level of population now we are 1.3 billion population that itself brings in complexity Uh, we also add to the complexity but now in this last few years as time frame the mindset has moved thanks to this budding uh, startup culture and the young minds uh, predominantly they are looking at solutions right solving the existing problem which has been created by us right and and if you see in terms of number we are moving towards in india it is a, a 15 to 75 billion dollar uh, industry purely the iot part of it going uh, five times in five years is time frame is a huge uh, uh, uplift for that and uh, your ai also uh, uh, rising all the way to 950 billion shows there's a tremendous appetite and tremendous problems that are that are to be solved in the uh, in the society delivering a solution and being consistent becomes extremely important for the uh, startups and uh, it's going to be a, a very very strong propelling factor for the uh, overall indian economy whoever is there in this space of ai and iot are having a tremendous tailwind and a tailwind advantage 950 billion is a huge space uh, for the ai ecosystem overall yeah 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 that's wonderful so moving on to the next segment of this episode rapid fire questions uh, let me bring on the questions now okay what's your favorite sports or game you play i don't play but my favorite sport is cricket my son plays cricket uh, okay is is a karnataka state player so i developed interest around cricket and i mm-hmm. love the cricket as industry and then we are trying to solve problems associated with the entire industry itself now okay so he is play, playing for a state cricket team state yeah yeah under 16 under 19 he is just 19 plus so now okay. looking his way through for the professional uh, area also oh wonderful nice uh, what's the best thing that happened to you this month a very interesting thing happened somebody out of the blue from japan called me and then wanted our help to uh, uh, understand the setting up of vegetable factory and okay. i have i have heard this for the first ever time what a vegetable factory is today we have uh, within this months time frame we are concluding a deal to uh, carry out the research for vegetable factory in uae okay that's interesting kind of a vertical farming or something like that exactly it's about the hydroponic vertical farming and so on. 
so when the call came i had no clue on this yeah then it's question of just uh, today knowledge is available right it is accessible at the touch of a button and so on uh, the rest is all uh, business sense and the common sense and so on right yeah, yeah yeah nice it relates to the article that i read this morning vertical farming versus horizontal the existing typical way of farming the comparison is like two acres of vertical farming will give the yield more than 720 acres of the horizontal farming that's right. a rateable term yeah mind boggling it's all about ai it's all about data it's all about cloud it's all about i mean connecting that technology to producing your lettuce and strawberries and so on is absolute mind boggling right and it's a great startup uh, approach also uh, and i just immediately without any hesitation uh, sprung into this particular field and uh, yeah it's a very very interesting area even from a startup point and it is coming in india as well that uh, it's it's part of that iot forum india news yeah exactly exactly yeah right so which is one book or article you have read recently and you liked it which is one book or uh, mm, i generally am not a book reader mm. it's uh, the articles that i un- i normally listen to videos okay. and uh, stuff like that and uh, i would again say most interesting thing for me right now in my mind is all about this vegetable factory okay nice the research i had to do in order to understand the whole thing articles around that made me look at totally new way while the world is talking about food security while the world is talking about water shortages and so on this is a phenomenal solution and if you right so if you need uh, 100 liters to produce 1 kg of lettuce you probably need a fraction of that in terms of water i'm talking about right and this okay. is Yeah, the whole thing. I think we are uh, all set to solve uh, a huge problem, both in terms of food security and this uh, the water also. So, yeah, I've been reading a lot uh, articles on that. Okay, nice. Tip. What's your favorite subject in school? Interesting. Yeah, uh, my favorite subject I would say was civics. But if you ask me why civics, <laughs> it was the smallest book among all other books, right? <laughs> <laughs> got it yeah so to be frank that was the reason but uh, yes it's it's uh, it was an interesting subject i developed a taste towards that uh, politics teaches you a lot today if you see there are lots of lessons lots of strategies when you come to business and so on it's not i'm not i'm not, I'm not a politician i'm not going to become one but what happens and how things are strategized is phenomenal to look at from a politics point of view that is again the civics knowledge and all these things helps you the article 370 always i share the many things to my son he is now the, close to 19 and a half 20 years old it's not about the article 370 that happened in india but the the preparation that happened i as i keep on um, uh, stressing the word preparation the lessons that we can learn from that is phenomenal leave alone the the politics side of it and so on but how it the whole thing is being conceived does it apply to a startup yes it applies to a startup also right therefore mm-hmm. being open to many things uh, is one of the important uh, uh, elements for a startup mindset so again civics became uh, a favorite subject for me from that count nice nice um, what time you sleep and wake up and how does your first few hours of your morning look like 9:30 uh, uh, is when i uh, hit bed uh, as a standard time Uh, my mind works on a ups uh, from 8:30 onwards right <laughs> okay. 
so so it is uh, but i wake up uh, 3:30 in the morning uh, the morning time is split into certain spiritual uh, readings in the morning uh, and of course the key thinking whenever somebody has to solve a problem i'll say i will tell you only tomorrow morning not uh, in the evening uh, because that's when the mind works extremely uh, efficient uh, in the morning time all the idea generation happens during that time frame. so i keep all those things and uh, right from the beginning uh, it has always been that you know the moment you hit 10 am in the morning and you are into your office 90 80 90% is of your time is for firefightings right mm-hmm. 80% of your time it belongs to somebody else it's your boss now the priorities the changing priorities and so on so so the key elements are always done in the morning and i leverage that time uh, uh, to my advantage pretty good early riser 330 is too much for me to think <laughs> so what does creativity means to you in one sentence see creativity is the most basic necessity for sustenance and building resilience today all other things are going to be done uh, left to automation and this has been uh, what i have been telling for everybody is the basic means okay nice uh, what's the best compliment you have ever received for the accomplishments you have done so far well the best definitely has to come yet but constantly we have been appreciated for what deliverables that we have done uh, because every time we always come with the fresh thinking always we come with the aim to serve the purpose of what the client has given us in terms of mandate and so on so it has been always an appreciation okay nice so you are being a mentor for many and uh, i would like to know who is your mentor very good question uh, and i would say pretty philosophical again here everybody is a mentor right and and this this uh, mindset is one of the very important things which i share with my son uh, also uh you find a mentor in anything i i i can find a mentor in our conversation right away and you also can be a mentor for me right so the mentor in terms of the the spirit and the enthusiasm that you are doing, so i find a mentor in you i find a mentor in you so the moment you uh, uh are in that learning space a constant learning space and listening space everyone becomes a mentor you make a mentor out of everything you make a mentor out of situations also so uh, not precisely that this person is a mentor then you get confined and confinement blocks creativity okay yeah nice answer uh, what's your favorite hobby my favorite hobby uh, of late i do listen to uh, spiritual discourses uh, predominantly that's the time and second thing is i always again listen to i'm more a listener rather than a reader right so i always listen to comedies these two things are extremely important for two things for fundamentally for happiness mm-hmm. now when you are happy you make people around you happy just by sheer energy space right so pretty much a comedy person spontaneous comedy is a pretty important part and parcel of life uh, and then uh, spiritually these are the two things that i keep as my hobby So if I have a spare time you will either be uh, I'll be spending either on this or that that's a good way of keeping you engaged and active nice that's the end of the episode and for people who don't know about you and your company uh, where should they find where should they look for they can know everything about me uh, uh, go to my linkedin vasudevan kidambi you will find me there and second one is for the company it is www. 
navoinc.com n-a-v-o-i-n-c.com uh, you'll find all what we have done with our company that's wonderful and i really enjoyed this conversation entire on our conversation with you and thank you so much for your all the insights and valuable inputs thank you also for the conversation uh, ashok thank you very much and all the best to you thanks a lot Okay, we are at the end of episode number 19. Thank you very much Vasu for coming on and sharing your experiences and to our listeners, you can find out the episode summary in the description. Until we catch up soon with more exciting stories, stay tuned, be motivated. Thank you.